If you feel like your business is drowning in inefficiencies, it might be time to decode the problem and break it down by the numbers. Let's start with 37,000. That's the vast community of business owners who've embraced NetSuite. 25, that's the number of years that NetSuite has been revolutionizing financial workflows and accelerating success. Which brings us to one. NetSuite offers tailored solutions, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Unlock the power of NetSuite today. Download our acclaimed KPI checklist for free. Just head to netsuite.com slash cbs. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. Tonight, former President Trump lashes out at big tech after Facebook decides to keep him off its platform. And it comes as the battle within the Republican Party reaches a boiling point. The former president says he's being silenced, but the social media giant claims Trump poses a serious risk of violence after the January 6th assault on the Capitol. And the fight for the soul of the party. Why Liz Cheney could lose her leadership post after lambasting the GOP for continuing to promote the falsehood that the 2020 election was stolen. A sharp decline in cases. The prediction tonight about what this summer will look like as CVS announces that walk-ins are welcome at its more than 8,000 stores. Plus the big news on when the show will go on on Broadway. India's catastrophe. Our reporting tonight from on the ground and the scary warning that things may only get worse. Back on the job. Could the Atlanta officer charged with murdering Rayshard Brooks at a fast food restaurant go back on patrol? Peloton safety warning. The company recalls 125,000 treadmills after they're linked to a child's death and dozens of injuries. Flower shortage just ahead of Mother's Day. Why prices are up by 20% in some places. And our series on remarkable moms. After helping her daughter conquer cancer, she's now taking her to the top of the world. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with that decision to uphold Facebook's ban against Donald Trump, just as the former president is openly campaigning to oust a key leader of his own party. The ruling from an independent oversight board created by Facebook says the social media company was right to ban Mr. Trump for a video that he posted online during the January 6th insurrection, but was wrong to keep him off the platform indefinitely. Well, tonight, the former president is blasting the decision, calling moves by Facebook and other companies to block him from social media, quote, a total disgrace. And he is not mincing words about the leadership of the GOP either. In a new statement, Mr. Trump is calling Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney, the number three Republican in the House, a, quote, warm and says she should be replaced with one of his allies. Well, Cheney, the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, voted to impeach Mr. Trump and has continued to call Trump's false allegations that last fall's elections were fraudulent the big lie. And tonight, even the current occupant of the White House, Joe Biden, is speaking out about what's shaping up to be a great big struggle inside the grand old party. CBS's Nancy Cordes is going to lead off our coverage tonight from here in Washington. Good evening, Nancy. Nora, good evening to you. This decision by the oversight board at Facebook may have upheld Facebook's initial choice to ban Mr. Trump from the platform, but it has also opened the door for him to be potentially reinstated by the end of the year. 
this issue is only intensifying the fight within the GOP over the false claims that got him banned in the first place. We love you. You're very special. Facebook's new oversight board determined today that that post and one other severely violated Facebook and Instagram's standards. The posts were from January 6th, during and after the deadly attack on the Capitol. In one, the former president called the insurrectionists great patriots. We had an election that was stolen from us. The board said Mr. Trump's unfounded narrative of electoral fraud created an environment where a serious risk of violence was possible. Denmark's former prime minister is one of 20 board members hired by Facebook who scolded the company today for imposing an indefinite ban on Mr. Trump. It was right of Facebook to remove the content on the 7th of of January, but it wasn't right of Facebook to just create a, a penalty. Without a Facebook page, it is harder for Mr. Trump to reach his 35 million followers and to raise money and to air ads. But his words have already hit their mark. A recent poll found 70 percent of Republican voters still believe President Biden did not get enough votes to win the White House. Mr. Biden was asked today about the GOP effort to push Wyoming's Liz Cheney out of House leadership, all because she has repeatedly called Mr. Trump's lie a lie. They're in the midst of a significant uh, sort of mini revolution. On his own website today, Mr. Trump backed another lawmaker, Elise Stefanik of New York, to take Cheney's place. Stefanik? thanked him for his 100 percent support. And Nancy, Liz Cheney speaking out again tonight, saying the Republican Party is at a turning point and that history is watching, right? That's right. She is not backing down from her position in that op-ed. She says Republicans need to stand for genuinely conservative principles and steer away from the dangerous and anti-democratic Trump cult of personality. But many of her colleagues believe they're going to need his base and his fundraising ability come 2022. Nora. It's an extraordinarily public battle. All right, Nancy Cordes, thank you. Well, tonight we're seeing more encouraging news in the fight against the coronavirus. For the first time since mid-March, the CDC is predicting a drop in COVID deaths in the coming weeks and infections could see a sharp decline by July. Here's CBS's Mola Lenghi. Tonight, there is new hope in the battle to beat COVID. The CDC is projecting the number of new cases could fall sharply by summer. But it comes with a warning. Any drop could be delayed by a continued decline in vaccinations. Although we are seeing progress in terms of decreased cases, hospitalizations and deaths, variants are a wild card that could reverse this progress we have made. This comes as Moderna late today announced that early results from an ongoing clinical trial indicate a booster shot should be protective against variants first identified in South Africa and Brazil when taken in addition to its two-shot regimen. In California, where more than 30,000 people have been vaccinated, cases are the lowest they've been since April of last year. But declining vaccination rates are threatening the new White House goal of 70 percent of adults getting at least one shot by July. In response, the government is shifting focus from mass vaccination sites to a more targeted approach. Something I'm often asked is when will this pandemic be over and when can we go back to normal? The reality is it all depends on the actions we take now. 
Today, CVS announced it will join at least three other national pharmacy chains offering walk-in vaccination appointments, one step in an effort to improve vaccine access. Get your vaccine today! Another is to bring the vaccine directly to people in so-called pharmacy deserts. I was waiting for it to be convenient for me. Like south of L.A., this map shows a dense population but no vaccination sites within a mile. So, community leaders parked a pop-up vaccination clinic to help get shots in arms. We have to come to the community. We can't wait to the community to come to us. Well, here at City Field, they've already vaccinated more than 100,000 people. But to encourage even more vaccinations, today Governor Cuomo announced that fans can get a shot at the gate on game day and get a free ticket to a future game. Also, beginning tomorrow, you can buy a ticket to a Broadway show as theaters are set to reopen on September 14th, Nora. That is some good news. All right, Malalangi, thank you. And we want to take you now to India, where conditions keep getting worse. Nearly half of all of the new cases reported worldwide last week were in India, as well as a quarter of the world's deaths. CBS's Chris Livesay reports tonight from New Delhi. The funeral pyres now burn 24-7, not in a proper crematorium. There's no more room, but in the parking lot. With COVID claiming victims at record speed, the pandemic's global epicenter is ablaze in such misery. Depender Singh lays his mother to rest. Can you think of one word that encapsulates how you feel right now? Blank. I'm blank right now. I don't have anything left right now in me. Perhaps nowhere else is India's COVID catastrophe more visible and more palpable than here. With 120 people dying every hour across the country, the stench of death is enough to make you choke. This in a country already gasping for breath, with oxygen in short supply. Despite the U.S. and other countries sending aid, Indians remain desperate for signs of improvement. This man says he's been waiting in line for oxygen for nine hours. Overnight, India's death toll rose by a record 3,780 as the country posted its 14th straight day of more than 300,000 new cases. Yet experts worry the real numbers could be as much as five, even ten times higher. And today, India's Supreme Court ordered the government to come up with a plan in the next 24 hours to meet New Delhi's oxygen needs as the contagion and the carnage show no sign of slowing. Nora. Chris Livesay, thank you. Well, tonight, a major reversal in Atlanta. A white officer who was fired after shooting a black man to death is suddenly back in the department. CBS's Jeff Begays has this update in a case that led to widespread unrest last year. Rayshad Brooks was shot twice in the back by Atlanta police officer Garrett Rolfe. And while Rolf was charged with felony murder last summer, today he was officially reinstated after Atlanta's Civil Service Board ruled that his firing so soon after the shooting violated his right to due process. Rolf's attorney said the ruling is the first step in the total vindication of Officer Garrett Rolf. Chris Stewart represents the Brooks family. It appears that Richard Brooks' life didn't really matter and that the world has moved on. 
Brooks was asleep in his car at a Wendy's drive-thru when he was approached by Rolf and his partner. Can you see the tip of my finger? Yes, sir. The officers tried to arrest Brooks after he allegedly failed a sobriety test. But the 27-year-old father of four grabbed one of the officer's tasers and took off running before being shot. The incident led to widespread protest and the firebombing of the Wendy's where the shooting took place. Today, Atlanta's mayor defended her decision to fire Rolf given the volatile state of our city last summer. But Ron Surpass, a former police chief in Nashville and New Orleans, says the quick firing was misguided. Why make a sophomore mistake like this to then have it turn into more pain and suffering for everyone involved? Rolf is still awaiting trial, and even though he's been reinstated, he won't be returning to work as an Atlanta police officer. The conditions of his bond, Nora, prevent him from possessing a firearm. But he does still face a trial. Oh, yeah. That's upcoming. All right, Jeff Begays, thank you. Well, there's breaking news from Italy. A jury just found two college students from California guilty of killing a police officer and sentenced them to life in prison. It was a drug deal gone wrong. Security video shows them in 2019 trying to buy cocaine. When plainclothes officers tried to arrest them, one of the Americans stabbed the officer 11 times with a hunting knife, later claiming it was self-defense. All right. Tonight, Peloton is recalling all of its treadmills and the CEO is apologizing after a child was killed by one of the exercise machines and dozens more injured. CBS's Anna Werner has been following this story. Video of a two-year-old boy in northern Virginia being dragged under the 455-pound tread plus alarmed parents and regulators, who last month warned consumers with children to stop using the machine. At the time, Peloton's CEO said he had no intention of recalling the treadmill. But in a statement today, John Foley said Peloton made a mistake in our initial response to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's request that we recall the Tread Plus. We should have engaged more productively with them from the outset. For that, I apologize. The boy in the video survived, but another six-year-old child was killed. Brandon Ratliff's daughter was injured. Her leg uh, got pulled underneath the actual treadmill, and uh, it dragged her under. And thank goodness I was in the room. The CPSC says there have been more than 70 incidents to date. Is it true that the agency was getting ready to sue them? We were looking at all of our options and on something that we consider very serious. Some 125,000 Tread Pluses were sold. The company will give full refunds to consumers through November 6th of 2022. Anna Werner, CBS News, Berkeley, California. All right, tonight we're taking a closer look at COVID vaccine hesitancy in America. CBS News has learned 25 states have turned down some of the doses they were allocated because of falling demand. And Georgia is one of those states. And CBS's Mark Strassman is there. At David and Katie's Amish store, masks are recommended, not required. The ice cream's popular here, unlike the COVID vaccine. Your choice is your choice. Uh, My choice is that I'm not going to get it, and I don't want it. Nearly 90% of voters in rural Banks County voted Trump. Its vaccination rate, 4%, among Georgia's lowest. We have the vaccine available. We have the facilities. We're just not getting as many people coming. This pandemic is going to be with us indefinitely. I'm saying it could be. This facility could vaccinate 2,000 people a day. It averages less than half that. Governor Brian Kemp. And a lot of that's dealing with white Republicans, quite honestly. 
we could be headed for another tale of two Americas, one with herd immunity and one without. Those areas, mostly rural and at continuing risk of many epidemics. The death rate for rural counties has been more than twice that of the Atlanta metro um, since the start of the pandemic. Immunologist Amber Schmidtke has tracked Georgia's pandemic since day one. So they could expect to see future surges, um, increased demands on their hospital systems, deaths, uh, just like we have seen this whole time. Vaccine resistance could delay the state's recovery, both health and economic. Is there anyone who could change your mind? No. I mean, maybe, maybe later on down the road, maybe. In rural Georgia, the signs say hazardous road ahead. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Banks County, Georgia. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Well, tonight, a widespread cleanup is underway in Alabama, where up to seven inches of rain triggered flash floods on Tuesday. People had to be rescued from an apartment complex by boat. At least one tornado touched down near Jackson, Mississippi, and power was knocked out from Texas to Virginia. And the U.S. birth rate dropped for the sixth straight year. About 3.6 million babies were born in the U.S. in 2020. That is actually the fewest since 1979. It's believed more women are putting off having babies and instead freezing their eggs. No baby boom. It turned out to be a baby bust. And if you're planning to buy flowers for Mother's Day, know this. Prices are up by 20 percent in some places. There is a shortage in part because of the pandemic. Most of the flowers we buy come from South America, and COVID restrictions there have limited the amount of time growers can work in the fields. For climbers, Mount Everest is the ultimate test. But a mother and daughter from Oklahoma have already conquered something much tougher. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlian. Where are we? Uh, Everest Base Camp. Everest Base Camp! It just might be the ultimate girls trip. Valerie and Jess Waddell hoping to become the first American mother-daughter team to reach the world's highest peak. We zoomed with them from Base Camp, 17,600 feet. How much of this trip is about actually getting to the summit? The possibility exists that we can get there and that would be amazing. But like, if we're not in enjoying every single moment along the way, then like, then we've, we've missed the point almost. Already experienced climbers, the trek started weeks ago when they left Oklahoma. Look how sunburned we are. There we go, oh, both sun. It's a brutal undertaking for Valerie, who's 61 and has asthma, but also for Jess. Diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 2016, she's been through multiple surgeries and months of chemotherapy. She's now cancer-free. It feels like Part of our healing was coming into the mountains and being able to enjoy each other and have fun and just, like, live life. <laughs> They've already weathered storms on Everest. 60 mile an hour plus winds, whiteout conditions, 40, 40 43, 43 hours. hours. Ahead, 
one final push to the summit. When we say we live every day, we really do. Because we have been in a place where we didn't have maybe the next day. So every day. (laughs) The adventure of a lifetime. But time together. I'm a lucky mom. The greatest gift. Janet Shamlian, (laughs) CBS News. Sorry. The greatest gift as we think about our moms this week. Just in the nick of time and against all odds, a young woman is able to celebrate the miracle of motherhood. That's tomorrow. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.